Welcome to the People Teaching People podcast. My name is Tiana Fesh. I'm a mom of three, an educator, a course development consultant, and a lifelong learner. Teaching and learning can take place anytime, anywhere, and in a multitude of ways. The range of knowledge and skills to teach and to learn about are truly limitless. But at the heart of all teaching and learning experiences are the people. The People Teaching People podcast is the place to talk about the who, what, when, where, why, and how of teaching and learning in a world where there is always more to discover. Education plays an important and integral role in all facets of our lives. How we work, do business, live, play, explore, and build relationships. Let's talk teaching and learning together. Welcome to the People Teaching People podcast. Joining me on the podcast is Emily Jane Fish. You are going to love this conversation. Emily is so genuine, personable, and easy to talk to. She is such a powerful message to share about the importance in teaching and learning of listening to our kids and making people feel seen, heard, and understood. Emily is a YYC mama to two lovely outgoing little boys named Beckett and Finley and a darling little baby girl named Sawyer. She is married to her best friend and adventure partner, Matt. Emily splits her time between being a dedicated, fun-loving kindergarten teacher and a joy-seeking content creator. Her superpower is creating cool transitions. Having always had a passion to create, Emily shares different facets of her life on social media through the lens of fashion, dance, and family with a goal to spread joy and to inspire. Thank you so much for joining me today, Emily. It's awesome to have you here. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. So where I want to start is I'd love to learn more about you and your story. So what led you to become a teacher and what has been your journey in teaching that has brought you to where you are today? Mm, okay, so I've always naturally enjoyed the teaching process. I can honestly remember, well, I had like a little chalkboard in my basement when I was a little girl pretending to be a teacher. So as far back as being that small, I was already pretending to be a teacher. However, even like little things like my girlfriend and I, um, we were, I think, like seven years old, and we were like hauling her little brothers into the basement. And we would like each take one of the brothers, teach them a little routine, have them present it to everyone afterwards. So, just like it was just always something that I was naturally drawn to and enjoyed. So, went to university, became a teacher, and then I actually always envisioned myself in elementary. That is where I did most of my practicums, but I somehow just like landed into this junior high role, which was not something that I ever like had thought I would where I would go. And it was after my last practicum where I was set in junior high, where I met Matt, I was a <laughs> I was a teacher there just finishing my final practicum and uh, met Matt fell in love. That's a whole other story. But yeah, so then I, I got a position in junior high worked there for a year. And then I got a position in high school. And worked in high school for about four years, which was kind of wild because I was like, okay, I thought I was going to be in grade one and now I'm teaching diplomas. 
But that was an amazing experience and some uh, where I really grew as a teacher because I was able to really work on forming relationships with students, which was really important to me. And then I wanted to start a family. And I just felt like the workload at the high school level just wasn't conducive to having a lot of time at home with my family. And I know other fellow teachers will understand that, you know, with all the marking and, you know, your giving, you're having to read through tons of essays and things like that. It just, it didn't feel like it was going to be the right fit. So I made a request and made a switch to elementary and haven't looked back since. I've since been placed in kindergarten. And that for me, like I've loved, there's always pros and cons. I want to say there's always pros and cons to whatever level you're teaching. However, my true passion is for sure kindergarten. The young kids are where it's at. <laughs> that's, ama- that's amazing. And I think that it takes an incredibly special, amazing person to teach kindergarten. I feel like kindergarten teachers are magic. And when I Aww. went to teach high school, I felt that high school teachers could learn a lot from an elementary environment because <laughs> at the end of the day, kids are kids and they truly they are. really are. Even though in high school, <clears throat> some of them are taller than you and and especially when you're a young teacher, you know, it, that age gap is limited in that. But uh, at the end of oh the day, they yes. are just kids. They are just kids. Yeah. Absolutely. But I do hear you on the high school demands with family life because that was actually mm-hmm. for me with I had our, we had our first and then our second. And I was thinking to myself, this high school mom thing is just not going to work. <laughs> There's so many late nights at high school and so much marking, especially with the diploma pressure and all that comes with it as well. Yeah, it's a huge challenge, huge challenge. And there are a lot of moms and dads with young families that do it. And, you know, I think it's amazing. It just wasn't a good fit for me at the time. But I do I did love my time there, for sure. Well, I can't believe how many different ages you've taught. I think that's incredible. (laughs) And also, in general, teaching is just such an amazing and challenging profession to be in with all the facets that go along with it. And you, and you did mention that relationships are of particular importance to you, but I'm curious what it is that you love most about teaching. Yeah, I feel like what is most important to me or what I love most about teaching would be the fact that I am their first kick at the can. Like I am the first person that they see when they come into kindergarten and I'm setting the pace for what is going to look like for their next 12 years. So the excitement, the joy that I get when those little kids come into the building, like it is invigorating. They're so happy to be there. They're so happy to please. It's just such a gift to be able to be the person that gets to lead the way and to be the first one to do it for them. That is pretty special. And it really does set the stage. It's such an exciting and kind of time with some nervous energy as well. I think for the kids as well as the parents too. I just remember that general feeling as everyone sort of standing outside the school waiting for that, you know, big Mm -hmm. transition moment. (laughs) Oh my gosh, yes. And it's an exciting one. It's an emotional one. I mean, I often have parents that are crying on the first day and I'm like wanting to cry. I'm like, don't worry, they're going to be okay. I'm going to love them hard. Like they're safe here. You know, don't stress about it. But I know it's a hard day. And even for myself, like 
for se- for school. Like I, that wasn't a hard moment for me, but leaving my little at the day home the first time, I for sure cried like on my way to work. So I understand that feeling of letting go and putting your child in someone else's care and, and trusting them for the whole day. So yeah, it takes a village, but it is hard. Those times of change and transition can be really tough. I feel you on that one. Oh, uh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> now, I'm curious what sort of your approach is to teaching and learning. So with your kindergarten students and then also with your own kiddos. I think that one of the biggest things is to make sure, like with teaching as well as at home life, I really make sure that my kids feel heard. I think that listening to them because they're going through like like you said an emotional roller coaster of going from maybe being at home with mom and dad, mom or dad or grandma and grandpa full time to then coming into school and they're with you from Monday to Friday from, you know, nine to to three. And so that is, like you said, a huge transition. And so I think, you know, the first part of school, you know, September to November, a huge part of that is focusing on how can I make this child feel comfortable? And so one of the biggest thing is, you know, let me listen to your feelings share what it is that is on your mind. And I do that at home as well. Like I think that it is easy to get lost in like, oh, you know, even with Beckett, like he's older. Oh, you're old. You're the oldest. Like you should know better. You should be leading by example. Well, you know, maybe they haven't learned that yet. And and maybe they're still in the process of figuring out what it is to lead by example. And so giving them a chance to share their big feelings. I have a lot of little kiddos that come in September and they have very big feelings that they're going to share in class. And sometimes it seems like, okay, that's kind of a weird reaction to that. But for that child, it may not be. And so just giving them space to be able to share how they feel is a really big thing for me. I think that's fantastic advice as well. And just a reminder to all of us, right? I think sometimes as parents and I fall into it and I have to catch myself, there's a tendency to want mm-hmm. to talk. Instead yeah. of listen. Yeah. Always. Yeah. I'm a bit controlling. <laughs> so sometimes, yeah, and then I, I have to that. remind myself, like ask more questions yeah. or just mm-hmm. have that wait time listen. and just listen. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. So now your kids are six, four, and two, you shared with me. Correct. Yeah. So yes. I'd love your advice <laughs> that you'd give to parents that might have young kids starting out at school or even just for parents in general with having that sort of positive, fresh start to a new school year. What would you suggest? Yeah. So a little bit on like what you just said. So the positivity factor, I think that's a huge one. So, you know, there are some kids that come into school and they are just like ready to go. And they're like, get me my backpack. Like I, I was ready last year. Get me into that building. But you do have kids that are are not quite there. And so my advice to those parents are, is you really need to spread the positivity surrounding school. And Absolutely, you need to hear how they're feeling and if they're feeling nervous or scared, all those things. Obviously, we want to listen to the child and say, like, I hear you. I hear that you're scared. But you need to turn that narrative around. You need to turn the narrative around so that we're focusing on, like, what is good? You know, what did you, if they come home, what did you enjoy about your day? And if they can't answer those questions, then prompt them with, like, Did you do some coloring today? So specific yes or no questions that they could maybe answer. Did you go play outside at recess? Was the playground super cool? Anything that might spark some joy 
to give them that feeling of like, actually, okay, school is kind of fun. And then it just creates something where they feel comfortable and they start to realize like, okay, that is a safe space for me to go. And that is a really fun place for me to go and learn. Yeah, no, it's, I know, because sometimes when you're feeling overwhelmed, it's so easy to focus on those overwhelming feelings and so helpful to think about yeah. kind of, as you said, flipping that narrative and, and finding those positives. And, and generally speaking, there's so many, so many that happen. And- yeah, of course, so many, but they focus on the things that were scary or did they get hurt or anything like that. And yeah, so it, it truly is important to, like you said, flip the narrative and have them focus on something good. But of course, don't ignore that they maybe had those scary or, you know, feelings that they felt during the day. No, that all sounds good and helpful advice for parents heading into a new school. I hope so. Yes, so (laughs) good. Now, I always talk about, I had this grade two teacher, her name is Mrs. Hogland, and she was amazing. She actually Mm -hmm. taught myself, my brother, and my sister, but she was the one who basically inspired me to become a teacher. And I just loved everything about being in her class. Now, do you have a favorite teacher or learning experience that you've had? And why does that person or experience mean so much to you? I love this question, because I feel like everyone has that one teacher that just kind of changed it all for them. And of course, I I do have like a lot of teachers that were wonderful. So it's not just one. But there is one particular teacher that I always think about him when I think of like a fantastic teacher. So I went to a high school called Bishop Carroll, where you do independent learning, you're probably familiar with it. I did two years there. So I did grade 10 and 11. And then I switched back to a traditional high school for grade 12. But anyhow, so we don't have, if you don't know that type of institution, it is a school where it's like independent study and you get to learn at your own pace. So for any listeners that have never heard of that high school. So um, we didn't have classes per se, but we had teachers that were like on site that could help you with your learning. And they would host like classes that you could attend on specific topics. And so Mr. McDougall was one of my teachers and he was a math teacher in the building. And I am like, if you ask Matt, between the two of us, we're always like, let's hope the kids got your math skills because mine are lacking. I was just never strong at math. My brain just like couldn't like wrap itself around it. I always found it confusing. It's funny because as an adult, I get it so much better than I did when I was in high school. And like, maybe my brain just wasn't there yet. But yeah, so Mr. McDougall taught math. And I would always make sure I went to go see him when something was confusing in my math booklets. And what I appreciated about him is this, I felt seen. I felt heard. I felt like he understood that I I found it very challenging. He could see I was hardworking, but I just wasn't getting it. And so, you know, he'd do little things like, for example, if you would go to the testing center and take a test and you get a bad grade, you could try a second time and they would take they would take both marks and then they would give you the, like the average. Thank you. Okay, so you would go to the testing center and you would take two tests. They would take the average of both if you had done poorly on the first. And he would do little things like, you know what? You're going to work really hard. We're going to practice this. And if you get over 75, we're going to race that first test. So just little things to make you feel successful, to encourage you, keep things light, keep things positive. 
And so I really took that like into my own teaching, especially when I was in high school, to really make sure, and even in elementary, make sure that those kids feel seen. What is your story? How are you feeling? You know, what is going on in your life? Is there a reason why you didn't do well on this test? Is there something else that's going on? And so I'll just never forget that. Like it would just felt so human to me, like that he I wasn't just another number, another kid asking a math question. He could see me. And that can be so incredibly powerful, having kids feel seen, heard, and understood. And he obviously left such an impact on you. Yeah, absolutely. I'll never forget him. Now, as you (laughs) mentioned, Matt, your husband is also a teacher. Yes. (laughs) And I get that dynamic. I'm in the teaching world still. My husband's a principal. So our children are, you know, just love Lucky, lucky kids. kids. They just love it. So I know my kids don't know yet. (laughs) Yeah. And then we know, but they always seem well. And then I'm sure you and your husband know a lot of teachers, right? And the teaching world is small. (laughs) Absolutely. So what is your (laughs) dynamic like as a teacher duo? And then also, how do you and Matt stay connected with all the demands that come with teaching and parenting as well? Yeah, I think that there are pros and cons to being a teacher duo, which you probably very well know as well. It's it's challenging in some ways because, you know, the con is that you are constantly immersed in that teaching world because it's like you both are surrounded by it all day long. So it is what you talk about all day long after school as well. And, you know, working in the same board, we know all of the same people. And so we have the same stresses, same demands. And so that that is sometimes a con because it's like our focus sometimes. So it's really hard to like separate ourselves from it. Whereas if you're not married to someone that's a teacher, you know, you might talk about it for five minutes and then it's like, boop, boop, move on. We're going to talk about this now. So, but the pro is that we truly understand each other. (laughs) So we know where we're at, what we're feeling in those moments, like the person can truly like, oh my gosh, you're doing report card comments. Oh, okay. You know, here's a little bag of candies and, you know, a water or a chai latte. And here you go. Like here's, here's an hour without kids so that you can try and get that done. So it's like that person truly understands, you know, where you're at in your school year, which is awesome as well. But It is hard because, I mean, you know this very well as well, that teaching is a demanding job and sometimes thankless. And we do a lot of stuff, you know, on the sidelines that people probably don't know about. And we do it happily because we love our job. And so it's not like a, oh, boohoo, we have to do extra stuff. But it's, I want to do this. I want to do this for my kids because I love them. And I truly, like, I loved my class this year. I love my class every year. I saw this meme or, like, whatever little thing on is a little quote on the internet. And it was saying, like, people don't realize that I have to say goodbye to my family once a year. And it just, like, made me want to cry because I was like, yes, that is exactly how I feel. Like, I say goodbye to my little family of, like, 16 to 20 kids. I usually have a little cry at the end, you know, might not be in front of them, but I go like, oh, you know, I'm going to miss those guys. So I'm like, where was I going with this? Sometimes I get on a tangent and then I completely forget where I'm going. But Matt and I together. So I think that with those demands, it does get very busy. And like Matt being an athletic director, 
he what he's always like coaching teams and he's putting on all the tournaments and if there's you know someone that doesn't show up to ref well then Matt's in there refing and so it's really busy to have someone you know committed to that and then have three young kids at home so which is actually like one of the reasons I stayed part time so I only teach 2 days a week right now that schedule could change. But I was doing kindergarten Tuesdays and Thursdays so that I could have some days off at home to be home with the kids. But it is hard to find connection. It's hard to find that time, especially when you're in your busy seasons. And I think that what we've kind of discovered is like really being intentional with time to like together to like communicate and talk. And sometimes we lack that. And when we lack that, it's we're not getting along. <laughs> that's, you know, that's when you're having the arguments and where, where you feel misunderstood. And when we do sit down and finally go like, you know, why are we fighting? It's like, well, you know what? We haven't sat down and talked in a really long time. So making sure that we're intentional with making, having time to sit together, even if it's on the deck, him with a beer and me with a glass of wine or with, a, you know, whatever it is, and just talking it out. What's going on in your life? What, you know, what's keeping you busy other than our crazy kids, right? And also, kind of funnily enough, that is where our challenges came from on my Instagram, which I'm sure you've seen. Yes, I love them. And I and I show them to my husband. Yeah. And, and he won't do it? He's like, I would never do that. Kudos to Matt. Like, yeah, he's like, that's amazing. I, know, I don't know how I can yeah. do Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, and they, they make us smile and laugh. So just so you know, it's, good. you know, no, something so fun good. for us to enjoy and look at and, and smile yeah. about. And I think you're both amazing and your husband is amazing for joining in. It's so good. <laughs> I know. Oh, yeah. Don't worry. I tell him all the time. He's like, oh, okay, thanks. But yeah, so that's kind of where that stemmed from is, I don't know what what challenge it was. There was a challenge I saw and it was like two years ago. I was just like, we should just do this and record this. It'd be really, really fun. And it was like blurry and in our, in our backyard. And I showed it on my stories and it was kind of funny. And a couple of people commented on it. And truly like it didn't really matter that anyone commented on it because what I realized was is that we had laughed so hard that day we were like had all these like little inside jokes from that moment I was like that was really fun so then like it kind of perpetuated this cycle of like finding some kind of challenge for us to do and then trying it recording it having a laugh and actually looking back at the videos like makes us double down and laugh as well because you're like remembering that moment you're like oh my gosh like that was so funny so that is kind of like a funny way that we also connect because it is so easy and I don't get me wrong I love my tv shows I love watching movies I love sitting in bed with snacks with Matt and like sometimes he builds me a nice little charcuterie board and comes upstairs and we'll watch a show. But that's kind of like the go-to sometimes. So it's good to like break it up and try something different. And it kind of forces us to just like not put on the TV. And we spend like two hours sweating up a storm because like we're trying so hard to get these dances or whatever like gymnastic move I'm trying to get to do. And by the way, half the time he's like, I show him the reel and he's like, you want us to do what? 
like he's never thinking we're going to do it. And somehow we like miraculously, most of the time, let's say 90% of the time, we'll sort of get it. So it is a fun way to connect. Well, I think you both do a great job. And I think it's so, it's awesome to have that intentionality, as you said, like creating those sort of out of the box, out of the day-to-day routine ways to spend time together and laugh together and have fun together. And I find it's so easy for the days and weeks to go by. It's so busy. There's so much going on. Yeah, totally. And you really have to, you know, make that time. And you're right. Jason and I, it's the same. I can tell when we haven't had time to sit down and chat because we're not getting along as well as we usually do. And as soon as we make that time to go do something fun or like go on a date or even just go for a walk around the neighborhood, you know, life is so much better. It just feels better. And it doesn't take much, but it just takes that being Mm -mm. intentional about it. So I don't know if I can get Jason to do a a challenge. I think there's one, you both had hoods on and sunglasses and you were like hooked around Matt's waist upside down or something. And you were sliding down the stairs, I think. Oh. Yeah. I'm like, you could do that, Jason. He's like, I don't know. (laughs) I totally could do that one. I'll work on him. You don't even have to like learn anything (laughs) for that one. You're just kind of being Right? And we have a whole bunch of time together in Costa Rica. Maybe I'll be able to convince Uh. him. It's the perfect backdrop. Exactly, right? We could totally do that. <laughs> and even if you don't show ever yeah. show anyone, honestly, you guys just <laughs> doing it, recording it, like you'll laugh so hard and have so much fun. And that's truly what it's about. It looked like a lot of fun. It looked like a lot of fun. (laughs) (laughs) It is. Now, on social media, you share content. Like, it's fun. It's energetic. It's upbeat. Now, do you ever feel super overwhelmed? And are you always feeling joyous and happy? Or how are things kind of for you in general? Yeah, I actually had this question not too long ago when I did like an ask me anything on Instagram on my stories. And when I saw it, it kind of caught me off guard because I was like, oh, like, I get it. Like, so we're often showing like our best side on social media. And I don't come on when I'm frustrated or mad or overwhelmed. It's, It's just not something that I do. Like, I just don't show up on my stories like that. And, but when the person sent me that message, I, I kind of felt guilty because I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want people to think that I just have like this perfect life where Matt and I are just like Woo-hoo! laughing and having fun and our kids are perfect and everything is good. Cause it's like truly not like that. It's hard. I cry a lot. <laughs> I feel overwhelmed often. And it would be fake for me to say like that it doesn't look like that because truthfully, it's hard. It's really hard having young kids. Matt and I often feel burnt out. At the end of the day, we often say like, I'm done. And like someone is like waving the flag saying like, basically, you're the other parent and I cannot handle another minute of this because I've been home all day with them or whatever it is. So as lovely as my kids are, and they are like really beautiful, well-behaved kids, they're hard and it's challenging. And I definitely don't always have perfect joyous days. And that's when I really have to lean on Matt or lean on other people in my life. I'm really close with my mom and dad and just hope that they can give me a break or a a moment to breathe. That's really usually what I always need. So sometimes going for a walk, putting on a podcast is like all I need to kind of like put myself back, 
to where I was before I got overwhelmed and just feeling ready to like get back in there, get back into the ring. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The juggle is real. Yes. No, and having that yes. moment to breathe can make such a difference because mm-hmm. it's just so, it can be so all consuming. You're being pulled in yes. so many directions and needed yes. and grabbed, yes, at, touched pulled. constantly, <laughs> physically <yes>. touched. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It can be so, so mm. much. So having, it's great that you've got those supports and those strategies to, to take that breath for yourself and, and let yourself have those breaks and, and get out of the ring, as you said, and come back and feel ready to kind of yes. jump back into everything again. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, and I'm with you. I, I mean, I think it was our family went to Germany and we were sharing pictures on social media and um, somebody commented, you know, oh, like it just looks like the most amazing trip and like everything went so smoothly and you're having the best time. And I'm thinking, oh my. You weren't in our hotel room. (laughs) Yeah. Well. You weren't in the hotel room at bedtime. Yeah. Or on the trains or when we missed naps or whatever Yeah. Or our kids were so jet lagged when we arrived and we were staying with my um, husband's uncle and he doesn't speak English, but thankfully my husband speaks some German and and his uncle actually asked if we needed to take our kids to the hospital because they were so upset <laughs> because they were so jet lagged and emotional. You're like, yeah, no. yeah. My mom, I, she's like, how are things? I said, I don't know. And we still have like a month to go. <laughs> but but we had lots of amazing memories and times, but it definitely wasn't all, you know, rainbows and sun. No. Magic and rainbows. No. Yeah. No. no. And yeah. 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 It can be. I can understand that. <laughs> I relate. I relate to it wholeheartedly. We went to a hockey tournament not too long ago for Beckett and it was for the entire weekend. So it was like a Friday to Sunday thing. And I was like, okay, well, we'll see how Sawyer does. I knew Beckett and Finley would be fine to fall asleep in the hotel room, but it, usually we try to book a hotel room that has like a separate bedroom that we can like shut the door so we can put the playpen in there, have her go to sleep. We'll like put on a movie for the boys, but that wasn't available. So we had two queen beds. Matt and the boys are, you know, snoring away, sleeping in the one bed. And she's like, hi, mommy. <laughs> what you doing, mommy? And I'm like, oh, oh, go to bed. <laughs> but like, I could, like, how do you convince a two-year-old? Like, okay, it's don't do time. Like, she's used to being in her crib by herself in the dark, you know, sound machine. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh, but you know that it is what it is. And, and the memories that we had that were amazing and that small moment, moment oh, in time is funny now. I know. <laughs> I can laugh about it now. Right? Now in that we're past it. Things are much funnier in hindsight. Yeah. It's a story. It's a much story. Much funnier. Yes. Yes. Well, we've exactly. got two boys out of three that play hockey. So I feel you on the tournaments. And now it's a, it's, it gets a little easier as they get older for sure. But our young... Does it? Oh, oh my gosh. Our youngest like definitely schedule. felt like he was getting dragged <clears throat> everywhere all the time and yeah so now that he's a little older he doesn't have to come to everything but yes I feel you and the tournaments and trying to get everyone to bed yeah the the the, it's an adventure it's an adventure (laughs) and it's the excitement of like being in a hotel room like I get it like that's why like when we were saying like you have to like also like see where your kids are coming from, like reading their emotions, all those things. Like they're excited. It's a hotel room. So at the same time, I'm like trying to also be mindful, like, okay, this is like a really fun moment for them. Let's keep it <laughs> Let's fun. Keep I'm just it so fun. tired. But yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm just so exhausted. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes the contest, I would try like, let's have a contest and let's close our eyes and see who can fall asleep oh, first. <laughs> love the contest. Yes. Oh. I do that day on the daily with these guys. I'm like, okay, I'm going to come back in five minutes. And yeah. I'm going to see who falls asleep first. And then the next day they're like, who won? Who won? I'm like, oh, it was a tie last night. Like Aww. you guys, my boys share a room. So oh, that that's is amazing. Why, the but, things yeah. we do, right? The things we try. The little games. Oh, yeah, they, the little they games. They don't work as well with my <laughs> yeah. 16 and 14. <laughs> no, he's like, yeah. uh, it's a, I see Pat. Yeah, I know it's 10.30, but I'm not that. tired. Like, you can go to bed, but I'm, I'm staying up. <laughs> Thanks, though. Yeah. Yeah. Have a good yeah, sleep. See you later. But, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Now, yeah. uh, so with your social media, I know it's something that you and Matt enjoy together. And then, of course, you post amazing content. I'm always in awe at your creativity. It's incredible. So what have you learned through your experience directing and creating content for brands? And has there been anything that has surprised you along the way? One of the biggest things, and it took me a while to learn this, surprisingly, since I'm a teacher, I feel like I should know this, but the prepping and the planning, the researching is equally as important as the filming and the editing. If you're showing up without that first portion, you're going to just be so lost. And it's a huge waste of time because you're going to spend so much time re-recording what you're doing or, you know, thinking like, okay, did that transition work? Did that, you know, will that kind of go together? Or, you know, if you're directing, is she going to understand what I'm getting her to, what I'm going to get her to do? So really being mindful in researching what it is that you're, what you're trying to accomplish. So whether it is a dance, you know, if I'm seeing a dance that I really love and I want to, to try to recreate, I'll look at several videos of different people doing that dance to find like, okay, I kind of like their style on this one. I like how they're hitting this beat here. They kind of change this move here. And then I'll go and recreate mine own after that. As for transitions, same thing, like, you know, fun transitions that look kind of magical. Like if I don't know if um, your viewers follow that type of content, but seeing where it's like all of a sudden you're in one outfit and you do kind of like a little hand motion and you're all of a sudden in a different outfit. So really like, research a whole bunch of different people that did that same transition to kind of see like, okay, I kind of see like who I like that did it best. And, you know, this is kind of how they did it. And there's tons and tons and tons of creators out there that are like social media gurus that actually share like how to do that stuff. So it's like, I'm not inventing it. So if you're interested in going down that route, there's lots of people that teach you how to do it. And so don't be scared to try it. It's really fun. And it's not as hard as you think. <laughs> it looks tricky. Well, you make it look easy. But then I think about the logistics <laughs> of good. it. And it sounds overwhelming. But it's yeah. amazing that, you know, as you said, there's people out there and you can learn and be inspired and, and find those. Now, do you have any? Yes. Any so favorite tools or strategies or tips or tricks or people to check out online that might be helpful for listeners who are interested in learning more about content creation and getting creative with it. For sure. So one of the um, two of the editing tools that I use, because I do get that question a lot. So InShot and CapCut are two of the editing apps that I enjoy using to do any of my videos. You can do lots of fun things in there like speed it up, slow it down, cut a part out, you can reverse it so that your image is going backwards, you can add 
add in a second person in there. So if you want to have like two Emily's in there, I go into those apps to do that. So those are definitely two apps that I would recommend. I also recommend that after you have, I usually like will edit between Instagram and those apps. But when you have that final version, whether you're editing inside Instagram or inside those apps, make sure that you have a saved version that is in your camera roll. It's really easy for those drafts to get deleted. And I'm sure you very well know that as well. But you work really hard on something and then all of a sudden it glitches and you actually can't even post it. So always making sure to save your work as you're going along or like sometimes I'll edit, I'll save it before I add any kind of like words in the video and then I'll save it after. So I have a version of both. That is oh, great. Oh, people that I like following. Sorry. Oh, yeah. I just yes. realized I didn't answer No that. worries. So Brock Johnson, I believe is his name, is... Do you follow him as well? Yes. Yeah. He's somebody that I follow for sure. You do? Yes. Okay, perfect. That is his... I'm like, that is his name, right? I'm no, like, that trainer. sounds I'm like, right. That's his name. I'm like, you know, you're trying yeah. to remember like their Instagram handles. He just gives great tips for if you are wanting to post content, like giving ideas for reels, sometimes like showing you like where to focus your time if you're wanting a certain outcome for your social media. So I just find like him inspiring in that way, just he gives really good tips. So he's definitely someone to follow if you're trying to grow your platform. I think he also offers some courses, but I've, I haven't I haven't checked them out yet. So he's definitely someone that's good. Outside of that, I can't think of like a, a specific person that I follow for transitions or anything like that. There's a whole bunch that I have saved, but a a particular name doesn't come to mind. But there are so many of them out there that if you just start following a couple of them, it will start to like come into your feed. And then you will get a lot of that content in there. And then you'll be able to see who you like best and who kind of fits with your It's so true. Once you start searching for or looking for something or spending a lot of time looking Mm -hmm. at certain things. Yes. Yes. You It shows up up. (laughs) over and over again, which really helps, I guess, in terms of your research, right? They they know what you're watching and, and interested in, which is great. Yeah, I was also going to say like a big thing, like you said, what did what surprised you kind of thing? A big thing that surprised me is how many people want you to do things for free. And it's really, it's a, it's a really like fine line and it's really hard to navigate because I'm a people pleaser. So I just like want to make everyone happy. And so for the first year that I was doing Instagram, I would just be like, yes, yes, yes. I'm your yes girl. Like I'll, I'll do it if you want me to do it kind of thing. And if you want to send me that and you want me to record some stuff, I'll do it. But I soon realized that that is exhausting and it, you know, you're not getting anything out of it. And so I had to really find, you know, what is my purpose and and why am I doing this and what truly is going to make me happy. And so I think knowing your worth going into it and not being afraid to ask for what it is that you think you're worth and making sure that you can tell the person this is what I charge. And this is why I'm going to do this, 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 and this for you. And it, and then you'll be able to use, you know, five videos on your Instagram or whatever it is. So being able to know how much you want to charge and being able to express to the person why you're worth that amount. Yeah, no, I think that's so important because you're, you're right. It, it can be a tricky thing to talk about and to to get across, but if you've done that thinking in advance, yeah, and you've done that reflection in advance, yes. then it's much easier to communicate. Because you're right, mm-hmm. it can you can go down a rabbit hole, and it does take a lot of your time and energy. And I, I mean, you look at 
you know, the awesome reels that you share. And it like if you for a reel, what would be an average amount of time that you would spend sort of putting it all together, like from idea to putting it out in the world? Yeah, because yeah, with the research and then actually filming and then editing, I would say like, probably on average, it probably takes like three hours, two to three hours, depending on like how complicated the transition is or how many times it takes me to actually try to achieve it. But yeah, I would say two to three hours probably to successfully create that reel for a brand. Yeah. Well, and you're also bringing you know, your experience, your skills, your creativity, and all those other pieces to it as well. So there's a lot of value to that. 100%. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Time away from your family. And there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes into it. So no, I appreciate you sharing that because I think that's something that is not uncommon for people to experience. So it's a good thing to talk about and to share. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and not a bad thing. And also, like, even if there are companies that are listening, listening, it's not a bad thing to realize, like, okay, maybe like, you know, and you don't, you know, if someone expresses like, this is what my, you know, what I charge for a reel, it doesn't mean like you guys can't negotiate and come in the middle and come up with something that maybe works for both of you. It's just like a matter of having a conversation. So it's good for both sides. It's good for everyone to say like, well, what are your expectations? And these are my expectations. This is what I can provide. Exactly. And then you can find that happy ground. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. You want, ultimately you want everyone to be happy. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Make it a win-win for sure. Yes, absolutely. Now, I've always felt that the best teachers are also learners. And I know you've learned so much in creating content and sort of experiencing that journey. And then through all the different grades and levels that you've taught and sort of navigating that journey as well. And I also know that you are a Jilly Academy alumni. Uh, So first of all, just briefly, I'd love for you to just share what is the Jilly Academy. Yeah, so the Jilly Academy was created by Jillian Harris, and it is a three-part course that kind of helps you navigate whether you're a business owner or a content creator, kind of bringing it to the next level. And so how she designed it as part one is kind of like self-reflection. You know, who do I want to be? Who am I trying to like reach? What are my goals? And then in number two, you're kind of getting into the meat and potatoes. Like what is going to be on my page? How do I create that? And then the third course is kind of the business side of it. So for example, what am I going to charge for a reel? How do I reach out to brands successfully? So it's been a really fun experience. I love taking courses. That's just something that I've always loved doing. So I'm a lifelong learner. I'm always looking for new, you know, new books to read, new courses to take. I just find it very interesting. And so when the Jilly Academy popped up, I'm a big fan of Jillian Harris. I just really like her. I love what she's all about. I think she's also a really positive and joyous person. She's also really real, which I can appreciate and respect. And so when her courses came up and she said, you know, like, I've had a lot of success doing what I do and I want to share with people how I did it. It's like, okay, that's really cool. So I checked it out. I really have enjoyed it so far. I still have one course to get through. I still have the third one to get through. But I'll be going to her farm in September, which is really fun. She's doing like an in-person retreat that kind of like follows suit and goes with these courses. So I'm looking forward to learning more from her. That's amazing. And do you have a favorite thing that you've learned so far? 
or like a kind of big takeaway aha moment that you've yeah yeah I think you know maybe not an aha moment but when I took course one she makes you focus on like what are your big hairy audacious goals you know what are the things that seem impossible but that you like truly want in your life and what I realized and I always knew this but like it all surrounded family it was all about like how can I give my kids more experiences and travel the world with them and, you know, show them, you know, things that maybe we wouldn't be able to do if maybe we don't have the funds to do it kind of thing. And having more time with Matt, having more time at home, like all these things surrounded family. So I know for sure at the end of like doing this, I'm like, that's my focus. I want more time with my family. I want to have experiences with my family. That is truly the most important to me. Well, that's a pretty powerful takeaway to have from her course. That's amazing. Well, and I too have been taking her courses and I still also have the third one to complete. (laughs) Yeah, I do too. I do. I do. You got through the first two like me. Yeah. And it doesn't take long once you like start rolling with it. It's just making the time. Again, with kids, finding the time. I know it's so silly, but yes, finding the time. Finding that time. Now, I wanted to ask you, when you look back at your journey so far, you've done all these amazing things. You've got this beautiful family, this incredible career. What is something that you are most proud of? Uh, Yeah, I, I love this question. Honestly, my kids, that is the the best thing that possibly could have happened to me. And I wanted it so bad. I prayed for it. I begged for it. And we had such a complicated journey that for me, everything I went through, it was so worth it. And I would do it again in a heartbeat. And I'm just so proud like that I get to be their mom. Now, I have some rapid fire questions okay. for you. Ooh, okay. okay. So this is basically, <clears throat> I love picking people's brains and, and hearing some interesting facts and things about okay. them. So what is, what is something that you would love to learn about or something that you would love to learn how to do? Ooh, okay. So Matt would laugh at this, but I would love to learn how to surf. <laughs> and the reason he would laugh is because when we were like, this was a couple summers ago, I was learning how to go on like water skis. And literally, I felt like I had an enema, like I was out there for an hour, just being like dragged through the water could not get up on the skis. And so I'm like, rushing through the water for like an hour trying to get up trying to get up. And yeah, like I said, it felt like I had an enema. So he I think would be surprised by my answer. But I've always envisioned like, I think of Blue Crush. And I think of like being on that surfboard. I'm like, I would love to learn how to surf. I'd love to be in Hawaii, a beautiful setting, learn how to surf. I think he'll do it. (laughs) Maybe. I know you will. I know you will. (laughs) Okay, I'm putting it out there. I'm putting it out there. (laughs) What is a place that is at the top of your travel bucket list? I would love to go to Australia. I think it would be so cool to visit there. I love how people compare it to Canada and they're like, it's like Canada, but just like with beaches and nicer, you know, nicer weather and scary bugs. But yeah, no, I think I would absolutely love to go to Australia. I'd love to go to Hawaii. I know that's like very typical to say, but I've never been there and I would really love to visit there. And Alaska would be a really cool place to visit too. 
all cool places. And what is a book, podcast, or TV show that you've enjoyed recently? Um, okay, uh, podcast. I love The Laughing Couple, especially if you're like a mom and dad. You could totally relate to them. I don't know if you've ever listened to them, but they're super funny. And you know, they have all they've guests, but then sometimes it's just like about them traveling and their experiences traveling with their kids on their last vacation. And I will be walking outside and I will laugh out loud like while I'm listening to their podcast. I'm sure people are like, who is that crazy lady? Books, I really love The Sound of Gravel. I'm really into memoirs. I really, really love when I feel like a, a story is true and I feel like more connected to the character when I know it's a, a real story. So The Sound of Gravel is about a young girl that grew up in a polygamist family. So it's very, very interesting. Know My Name by Chanel Miller is a really amazing story. It's a girl that was raped. Um, it was a very like high profile case. So that is definitely one to check out. <laughs> a little bit more serious topic, but definitely an incredible story. So, well, I've not heard that podcast nor read those books. So okay, now I have some, well, you some have to, check, to them check out. Yeah, they're really, really good. And if you could sit down and have a conversation with someone that you would love to learn from, who would it be and why? Okay, well, I've always loved Oprah. I think she's a classic. I think she is the epitome of perseverance, like someone showing you like, if you keep working for something, you can achieve it. And I just love her giving nature. I And she's so worldly. Like, I feel like I could sit down and not say a word. And she would just like fill my brain with all the things like I would just, I think she's amazing. Or you can go to like, a Celine Dion. And I love Celine Dion. Like she was my girl growing up. That would remind me of my entire childhood. I think she'd be hilarious to listen to. I think she'd have, she'd be like a great storyteller. She would be. And she would have some amazing stories. Both of them would for sure. Yeah. And Emily, I wanted to ask you because education truly plays such a role in all facets of our lives. So how we work and live and play and explore. So do you have any final thoughts or words of wisdom that could empower or support people in their own teaching and learning journeys? I think that one of the biggest things that I've learned in the last few years, especially teaching younger children, is that the ones that are hardest to love in your classroom are actually the ones that need the most love. And to kind of realize that you could be that person that changes their life or that they hold on to for the rest of their life as an impactful memory or an impactful person and to not be short-sighted, like it is hard in the moment and we have those frustrating moments, but to truly like know that giving your heart could change one child's life. And so I really, I really hold on to that now. And to also know like that child is someone's baby. So like with my own kids, I'm like, I want them to be loved, loved hard when they're at school. And so I try to make sure that I give that love to those kids that come into my class because I know that they may need it. And if they don't need it, then it's just extra love coming their way. I read something really interesting. I read a book by um, Jody Carrington, Teachers These Days. I don't know if you've read it. I haven't read um, that one yet. <laughs> okay. It's definitely worth a read. So if you are a teacher, it's definitely a great one to read. But she had a, a quote in there and it had said that changing the language from attention seeking to connection seeking. And so really realizing that they're not trying to like get your attention in a bad way. They're just desperately trying to make connection with someone. And so realizing that you can be that person for them. 
Well, I think that's such a wonderful way to wrap up our conversation today. Emily, I want to thank you so very much for sharing your time and your story and words of wisdom today. If our listeners want to learn more about you and all the things that you're up to, where's the best place or places to find you? Yeah, the one where they can find me where I am most active would be my Instagram, which is Emily, E-M-I-L-I-E, Jane Fish. And that's about it. (laughs) I'm on TikTok, but very rarely. Okay. Okay. So we'll check out, check out Emily on Instagram and TikTok as well. Maybe you can a check bit. TikTok. You can check TikTok a little bit, but mainly Instagram. Mainly Instagram. Perfect. Thank yeah. you so much for joining me, Emily. It was so great to connect with you and also to learn from you today. Yeah. So happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the People Teaching People podcast. I'm your host, Tiana Fesh. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Tiana Fesh and on my website, tianafesh.com. I would love it if you would subscribe to, rate, and review this podcast. Your feedback and support are so appreciated. See you next time where we will continue to explore all things teaching and learning together. 